Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. On this episode, we'll be discussing shame in Harry Potter. So before we get started on Harry Potter, what is something that you've been ashamed of in your life? Well, when I was a kid, I actually had an eye condition where the muscles in my eyes couldn't focus correctly. And so that caused me to not be able to read without getting like bad headaches. Mm. And so because of that and, you know, other random factors, I ended up being kind of behind in school. And I was just, I was always so ashamed of that. And I was always scared that people would find out. And for some reason that in my mind equated with like, oh, I just can't read or I can't do these different things. And so I definitely felt a lot of shame about that for a long time. Yeah, probably until like I just, I caught up on everything and was in my right grade and all that. Hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Although even the idea of like right grade is like, yeah. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, what about you? I have so many options to choose from. (laughs) So I'll go with the first memory I ever have of being ashamed, which was when I was in kindergarten. And uh, kindergarten ends at like a half day. So when we were ending the rest of the school was having lunch or whatever. So they they had like a little kind of cafe kind of place open. And one day after school, while I was getting ready to be picked up or whatever, my best friend at the time, his uncle was coming to pick him up and he offered to buy me something. (laughs) I know this story. (laughs) Yes. And so I asked for a double chocolate chip cookie. Why wouldn't you? Because yeah, that sounds awesome. But then the next day and then like recurringly, I don't know for how long, but probably for over a week at least i would just start going up and be like double chocolate chip cookie please (laughs) not prompted not asked whether i should do this just a little five-year-old me being all like give me a cookie and one day they basically said oh we're not going to get you something today and immediately five-year-old me was so ashamed just like what have i done (laughs) the realization of how inappropriate my asks had been that entire time dawned on me so quickly and I felt so bad and it's definitely something that I still look back on and feel shame about so that's that's a pretty good five-year-old though other ones would be like throw a tantrum and be like all mad oh, no, I felt and then so quickly to their cookie <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually two cookies in one container so it was actually like double double chocolate chip cookie <laughs> wow yeah well, I guess let's go on to our quote okay sounds good So today we have a quote from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And this is from when they are on the closed ward um, during Christmas and they run into Neville and his grandmother. uh, Neville's grandmother finds out that he has not told them about his parents. Well, it's nothing to be ashamed of, said Mrs. Longbottom angrily. You should be proud, Neville, proud. They didn't give their health and their sanity so their only son would be ashamed of them, you know. I'm not ashamed said Neville very faintly, still looking anywhere but at Harry and the others. Ron was now standing on tiptoe to look over at the inhabitants of the other two beds. Oh, Ron, so sensitive. Thanks for that, Ron. But yeah, this is a a really interesting quote because I think that it it shows kind of how shame can be seen versus how it can be felt. 
mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Neville is ashamed of his parents. But I also, you know, he's clearly made the choice not to tell people. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much that is because of his experience, you know? how is that is that really shame? Or is it some other kind of very complex feeling and emotion? Yeah. Is it, I'm bullied enough as it is, I don't need them making fun of my parents mm-hmm. when what they did was meaningful. You know, it, it could be, yeah, could be that, a lot of different things. It's almost like a too much pride rather than too much shame. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And also, I mean, I think as a kid, how do you talk about these things? And if you haven't talked about them yet, and it's been a couple years, then how do you talk about it then? You know, it mm-hmm. it gets to be complicated. And I think also, you know, you think that maybe he would have felt like he could have told Harry since he knew Harry's parents had been murdered, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, they had experienced some sort of loss from the same person from the same war. But all of the others there, they didn't have the same type of traumatic experiences. And so... Yeah, I think it's hard to want to talk to people about something when you just know they're not going to understand and they're probably going to make you feel more alone than you already do. Yeah, and I also imagine his life before that. You know, he's clearly got a very wide family and most of the adults in the wizarding world knew what happened to his his parents. They, they were very famous horrors, mm-hmm. right? And so... Most people did know what this was, and I'm guessing their relationships with him as a child were often defined by that. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I came to Hogwarts, and I'm sure some student, some other students probably knew, but these students, in Gryffindor at least, didn't. And that mm-hmm. is really, he didn't have to have a relationship defined by that, and maybe that could be kind of liberating for him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he would have talked about it if anybody had ever asked him about his family. Mm. Yeah, and that's... Come on, Harry. That's one of the things that that I do appreciate about Harry's feeling. When he finds out that Barty Crouch Jr. tortured the Longbottoms into madness, essentially, Harry feels bad because he's like, I've never asked him about his family, Mm -hmm. you know? And we've both lost so much from Voldemort and his dark reign. Like, I I appreciate that, that Harry does kind of see that and see where he has been found wanting as a friend there, too. Absolutely. Well, now that we've bitten into that juicy quote, why don't we go on to a character that you've brought for us today? So, I have brought Snape. Mm. Because there's just so much shame all around Snape. But it's all kind of under the surface, because you don't really see a lot of shame in what he says, or necessarily what he does. But you can infer a lot of shame from his life. And so you you had brought up a point when we talked about race, him kind of having shame in regard to this muggle side, mm-hmm. right? And so he, he took the name of his mother who was magical. And so we don't need to, you know, hash that out more, but from an early age, he had that. And then he also had a lot of shame from being bullied, mm-hmm. obviously, then after that, or from that, shame for how he treated Lily. And then later, once he turned back to the other side to teach at Hogwarts, be with Dumbledore, all of that, like, we know that he had to have had shame over having been a Death Eater. Mm. And obviously that being on that side was the side that ultimately murdered Lily. 
And, you know, it's not something he talked about, it's not something that he would ever broadcast, but in specific moments, you know, like when he shows Fudge mm-hmm. his his dark mark. And, yeah, it does seem like he has some shame over his past in that regard. And then, to think about all of that, like, that's a lot of shame for one person to hold in them. Not to excuse his bad behavior at all. <laughs> at all because he still is verbally abusive uh, to students but just kind of sitting with the idea that he has all this shame and now once Harry comes to Hogwarts he has to see the face of someone who makes all of that come flooding back Mm -hmm. every single day and like how difficult that would be I think is it makes me have compassion for him even though it doesn't make me excuse what he does out of that Yeah, because I think he's not a person who's been able to let things go. Mm. And so it seems like all of these things still riddle him with shame. And that, you know, leads him to be angry. And then that leads him to have hatred. And then that leads him to the Death Eater side. And yeah, I think oftentimes his reaction to shame is, is hatred. That's so interesting. I think he's a great character to choose, too, because he's a a great example of of how deep this series is and how much rereading it can bring to you and Mm -hmm. these kinds of discussions can bring. Because when we were reading together Snape's Worst Memory, the chapter in book Mm -hmm. six and book five, there is a valid reading of that, of this is his worst memory because he was bullied. And clearly that bullying affects him. The way he treats Harry is not just based off of his relationship with, with Lily, but also his relationship with James, which is very affecting for him. But I think this last reading, we were talking about how it could be his worst memory because this is the time that he called Lily a mudblood and she mm-hmm. publicly embarrassed him as well. And so it's not just James, but it's Lily as well, and his own actions, where this shame comes from. And that second reading or or later readings can bring in such a fuller picture of what that shame might look like for him in such different but also compelling ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we have talked about, you know, just our own random conversations that come up. Yes, this is is not the only venue for us to geek out about these things. (laughs) Shocker. I wonder... You know, I've been wondering what he, Snape, would have been like before Harry got to Hogwarts. Mm. Was he as destructive a teacher? Because mm. he's he seems good at instruction. He's good at potions. People do learn things, but he also puts, you know, all of this terrible stuff in. And so I wonder if before Harry got there, if he was any different, if if it was a time when he wasn't daily reminded of all of the stuff that he's reminded of when he sees Harry sitting in his class every week. Hmm. It seems like people like Fred and George already have a pretty bad relationship with him. And then certainly our character in Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery has a pretty bad relationship with him. <laughs> but yes, I, I see what you mean, how, how that might have affected his character, I'm sure. Would, we don't have a horrible powerfully. relationship with him in, in Hogwarts. I mean, he's pretty mean to us. He also... Well, that's because you you told me to answer something that was not a good thing to answer to Snape. <laughs> yeah, but even, <laughs> even when we said the thing that later on that he was going to enjoy, he, like, he, he gave us, us like, anymore. plus 10 
whatever we got their best answer from it but he still was mean about it (laughs) (laughs) this is a snarky man he is a snarky man yes but there's a difference between snark and like active intimidation or abuse you know so speaking of calling him a snarky man um i've I've talked to you about this in the past but uh, about a year ago or so i read about a interpretation that that is pretty wide in in, uh, some online fandoms of snape as a trans man Mm -hmm. or or a trans woman i'm sorry and how he saw lily not only as someone that he could love but someone who he'd want to be and how he or, or she would be seen in different light based off of that and it was it was a reading that i certainly as a hetero cis straight man i never had but a really interesting compelling one so for anyone who's interested i I certainly can't can't speak on all of it um myself but definitely take a look there's some really interesting interpretations of snape's character through that lens and that i imagine would would be interesting to look through shame as well yeah yeah that would be super fascinating but i suppose we should go on to our next segment yeah so what, what plot do you have for me so the plot i'm bringing in is how Ron reacts when he comes back in book seven. And in particular, when he reacts after he makes up with people, like he, he does this also <laughs> in book four, when he's like, oh, that someone must really be out to get you. And like, he just wants to be like super- Buddy, buddy. Yeah, buddy, buddy <laughs> as much as possible. Or like when Hermione starts talking to him again, he starts being really kind to her and nice and- Kissing up a lot. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> You know, he, he kind of changes his demeanor on that. And I think so much of that is because of shame. Because Ron experiences, I think, a lot of shame because he is he's very ruled by his emotions. He is someone who has intense insecurity. And that insecurity can often lead him to do things that even he doesn't agree are the best. How long it takes him to break up with Lavender is a really good example of this, where he knows he needs to break it off with her. He's just afraid to do it. I think that as someone who can recognize what the right thing is, to do is, but someone who isn't always strong enough to overcome his own insecurities or his own emotions to do that thing, I imagine that that comes with a lot of shame. And that's why he also is the character who sees the most, you see the most regretful or moroseful in for his actions, I think. Mm. He says why Dumbledore gives him that lighter. And Harry says, Dumbledore didn't know you'd leave. He'd know you'd want to come back. Those two sides of of the coin I think are pretty integral to Ron's character and I think a reading of that as being ashamed of his decisions and wanting to make amends however he can is an interesting one yeah for sure I think it's really interesting because he yeah he changes how he interacts with people when he's ashamed of what he's done Mm -hmm. but when he's ashamed of something like his family's poverty, mm. it's very different. He will just kind of shut down and not talk. He'll blush and he doesn't want to accept Harry buying him this or that, which does make a lot of sense. But I, I think it's also interesting seeing how Harry and Hermione react with that shame, mm-hmm. where Harry as a narrative, as a, as a narrator, tends to point it out. Yeah, he's always amused. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He can see that Ron is doing this to get back on Hermione's good graces and things like that. And then Hermione, she is not swayed by that shame. He comes in ashamed, tail between his legs, and she's furious at him. And that shame is not enough for her to immediately forgive him. Yeah. She'll do it when she's ready, not based off of his actions. Yeah. 
And frankly, it is easier to get her to be ready for that when you just agree with what she says. That's because true. hashtag Hermione. <laughs> but yeah, it's just an interesting dynamic where, where you see how different people react to shame as well in Hermione and Harry's different reactions. Yeah. If only Ron would have changed so many things about him because he was ashamed <laughs> of them. He's just not ashamed of enough. <laughs> well, do you have a compelling question regarding shame in Harry Potter? I do. So I'm kind of wondering how you see shame influencing house elves. Hmm. Interesting. As always, we have to put the disclaimer that we don't see a lot of house elves in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. We kind of see two extreme cases, right? We see Dobby, who's the abused, disloyal one, and Creature, who's the well-treated but racist or treated well by racists (laughs) loyal one right well we also have winky we do have winky we do have hokey so we we have some other views yeah Yeah, but generally we don't see a lot you know outside of also some snippets of the house elves in the kitchens but i would say that in those cases that we see spend the most time with it's interesting to think of punishment as an act of shame of physically branding yourself with your shame because punishment is not only about like the physical punishments they do are not only about causing pain i think they're also about marking them it's about they are then going to have burnt hands or whatever they're going to have that their masters will know about Dobby kind of talks about this when Harry's like, won't your parent or won't your masters notice that you have burnt ears or whatever? And and he's like, oh, I'm hurt myself all the time. They always don't really seem to care because he lives in a particularly terrible household and he's particularly disloyal. So he has to do these kinds of things. But it's uh, it's just interesting to kind of see that as as shame, because one of the other quotes that we were looking at was Creature talking about the shame that was being brought on the, the House of Black with the Order of the Phoenix coming in. And... So there, the pride of his his family and losing its status or its its nobility, as he would put it, brings on shame to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's an that's an interesting interesting way of looking at that. What were you thinking? Yeah, well, when I was just thinking about it, it kind of was reminding me of like high shame cultures and mm. coming from a half Japanese American side. I know some, I don't know as much if, you know, I, I spent a great deal of time in Japan, but how how much shame can lead to action hmm. in terms of, of high shame cultures. And and obviously I'm I'm thinking of an extreme example, which would be Sapuku, right? Mm-hmm. Where I will ritually disembowel myself because of this shame that either something I've done that I've well usually something you've done but like that I've brought this on not just me but like my family Mm. or whatever group that you're a part of and so it was just kind of a interesting idea in terms of shame leading to bodily harm Mm. but in doing that bodily harm you gain back some of the respect that you had lost. So, yeah, kind of see that. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's also a shame that's outward facing. 
Mm-hmm. When I think of shame, a lot of the times I think of, of what you feel yourself. It's very inward. But I think that you're right. In this case, you know, in, in high shame cultures and in with this house elves, with their hurting of themselves, that is a kind of outward shame um, discourse and dialogue of, of, of showing the world that you're engaging with your shame in, in physical ways. But I would also argue that it's both. Mm. It's, it's the, the inward then becomes outward. Like, for example, Creature didn't do anything wrong in terms of, like, he was doing what he was told, mm. you know? But he still has so much shame around that he had to leave Regulus, mm. right? And and he, he would just, like, weep about it and then, you know, try to punish himself because he said too much. And, and the same with Dobby. Dobby doesn't actually think that he's, like, he believes in what he's doing, even if he thinks it's wrong. Mm. And... But he has that, like, inward just he can't feel okay because he's being rebellious against his masters, even though he believes that they are bad. Yeah, and and you see that continuing on when even after he's freed and he goes to warn the mm. DA, mm-hmm. he still wants to hurt himself, even though that's no longer part of the actual relationship or contract that he's he's in, mm-hmm. right? But, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because my friend actually showed me a picture a couple months ago of the Black family. And the the fan art was of an Eastern Asian, I think it was like a Chinese family. And I was mm. like, oh, huh, that's very interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. But hey, why not? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I know. So next time I read through it, I want to look at that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a really, really interesting read. Ugh, I wish I was artistically capable. Fan art would be so fun. I know, right? Luckily, we have the internet. It's true. So what is your question for me? I was wondering where you saw Shame interacting with Harry's reactions to Cedric's death. Hmm. I think it's interesting how much regret and shame go hand in hand. Because there's not anything that he should be ashamed of in terms of what happened to Cedric. Mm -hmm. Because... They were both going to, well, Harry was supposed to go, and he was like, no, let's do it together. And what he was doing was an act of generosity. Mm. It led to his death, but that wasn't anything Harry could control. He was just doing something kind. But then, yeah, there, there was so much regret for what happened. If I had just done this, if I had just not done this, you know, and I think that as you regret and you, like, beat yourself up about it over and over and over again, then it becomes this source of shame. Not that you would be like, oh, I'm proud of myself because I brought his body back anyway. It's just such a tragic thing that you're not going to feel proud of anything in regard to it. But Mm. he did. Like, he did a generous thing both before he died and after he died. But, But he still has so much, well, obviously, like, PTSD from it, but he blames himself so much for it mm-hmm. and out of that blame yeah i think comes shame yeah yeah i see that especially in his interactions with cho oh yeah totally he feels guilt certainly mm-hmm. but i think his inability to engage with her when she starts talking about cedric mm-hmm. and what happened is it's not just like jealousy or guilt i think there is shame there you know where it's it's he was unable to save Cedric. He was the cause of Cedric to die. And so when she brings this up, it's not just 
talking about her ex, but it's talking about the person who, in some ways, he believes that he helped kill. Mm -hmm. And how hard that is when he's already dealing with that trauma and trying to overcome that and to to handle that must be just so difficult for him. And, and I, it makes, it, just when I was thinking about this, I, it kind of gave me a new interpretation of how those scenes played out because mm. I, I always saw it kind of as Harry being really... Asinine? Yeah, <laughs> and kind of like unkind and, and mm-hmm. un, you know, not empathetic because she starts tearing up and he's just like, what does she expect of me? What does she want me to say? And I get that, but tying that into that this is also his experience. This isn't just someone who's upset and he doesn't know what to say. It's someone who's upset about something that he specifically is ashamed of or guilty about. Yeah, and I kind of wonder, too, how much of it is because he does have a longer thread of shame connecting him, Cedric, and Cho, because before Cedric died... Harry was always, like, jealous of him Mm. and, like, didn't really want to help him but did because he felt bad if he didn't and stuff like that because he liked Cho and he wanted to be with Cho. And so I wonder how much of it, yeah, just kind of continued because if Cedric hadn't gone in through the portkey as well and, you know, he was alive and just everything continued to go on, Mm. I don't think that Harry would have had shame over his feelings about Cedric before. Mm -hmm. But once Cedric is dead you only really have, you know, he didn't interact a ton with him. So, like, he has so much of those feelings that he had towards Cedric before it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we move on to our missed opportunities? Do you have one for me? I do. I come prepared. So, my missed opportunity is, it's not, oh, this is a glaring problem, (laughs) but... I just would have liked it because I love Luna Lovegood. So I kind of wish that Luna's freedom from shame would have impacted other characters Mm. because of a character who could so easily have shame. The whole world is trying to shame her. Exactly. The whole world is, even our beloved Hermione. <laughs> and she's just sitting there reading her her newspaper upside down. And she has these strange looking glasses. And she believes things that everybody else thinks are not real and completely ludicrous. And even to the point where she has this painting in her room that mm. she did. And like so many people, if they wanted friends and like they didn't have any really they would feel too ashamed to to paint that mm-hmm. you know like the portrait of all of them and standing like, together with the word friendship she's 16 at the time like, she's <laughs> totally. not like an eight-year-old girl <laughs> which makes it even better um and not only that but she's also bullied mm-hmm. like she is extremely bullied we don't see a ton of it but it's obviously there from people stealing her clothes to obviously them calling her loony Mm -hmm. and even though she has all of that and she has all of the reason in the world as a kid to feel shame because of how society treats her she doesn't she like refuses to be ashamed of who she is and I think because of that, a lot of the negative things don't affect her as disastrously. Things will still affect her, but like not to the point where it affects other characters like Ron or Harry and they act out Hmm. in in destructive ways. 
yeah, she she isn't ashamed of who she is, even if other people are. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of just wish that there was even just a little acknowledgement of another character. Being inspired by that. Exactly. Like learning from her. I should be more like that. And that's a better way to live. Mm, yeah. Except if it's wrong because he should be ashamed. <laughs> no, I like Ron, but yeah, he, he, he needs to grow up in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. But we do see him grow up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my missed opportunity is in regards to the Dementors. When the Dementors bring out your worst fear or your worst memory, mm-hmm. coming from my perspective, those would probably be so intermingled with shame for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that when we talk about what people are most afraid of, the idea of like a severed hand or a mummy or whatever is such an easy kind of option, especially with Harry kind of seeing out his worst memory there. I can imagine that some people would be just overcome with shame. I think that Lupin's is the closest that we get to it, where he sees mm-hmm. the moon. But even there, I'd love to see some exploration of that, where he, you know, is like, I have hurt people, or I have done these things that I am ashamed of, and that's on me, and that's why seeing a Dementor is, is harmful in these ways. I think that, that shame can be such a powerful emotion that can lead to fear of doing wrong things. Of, of do, like That's one of the reasons that shame is a sometimes, unfortunately, a useful tool in changing behavior mm-hmm, is because mm-hmm. it leads people to not want to do that behavior because they're, they're afraid of it, because they don't want to feel that shame. And I'm not a very kind of creative person visually, but when I imagine shame, I imagine it as kind of a dark ball inside. Mm. And that, to me, feels like a Dementor. And it just would have been interesting to see some overlap there. Yeah, totally. Now it really makes me want to know what Snape feels or thinks about when Dementors are around. Oh, I know. That would be amazing. Right? <sighs> Why? <laughs> I sure, want so much more. I'm sure there's some good fan fiction out there about it. We, it's probably best for our lives that we never mm-hmm. go down that rabbit hole, yeah. but I'm sure there'd be some Because I'm sure there's, there might hole. be some good ones, and then there'd be a whole lot of terrible ones. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but more than anything, there's just too much of it out yeah, there, and we true. don't have time for that. <laughs> that's true. Although I'm, I'm more critical of people's writings than you are. That's certainly true. <laughs> um, you, you didn't have to even end that sentence. You could have just said, I'm more critical of people. That's true. Or just, I'm more critical and just true. been good. That's <laughs> why you are the best person to do this podcast with. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd yes. be geek can enjoy things. Geek celebration! Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to our, our, our lessons learned, our takeaways. What do you got? So I'm not a person who is super ashamed of things a lot. That's another difference between us two. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be when I was younger, but I don't know. I'm just like, whatever. I, I've I've put on my love good a little bit. But, I mean, maybe there's sometimes I should be more ashamed of things than I'm not. <laughs> but it, w- it would be interesting to kind of look and monitor if if I ever do feel shame over something if if i pull a ron Mm -hmm. if i like change my behavior after that like just in the short term Mm -hmm. in terms of like interaction with whoever it is that is associated with this thing that i feel shame about Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it'd just be something interesting to pay attention to. I a thousand percent do that. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, through this conversation, one just a question that I have that that I think it'd be interesting to explore within Harry Potter and then within our own lives is, is shame ever useful? You know, we kind of mentioned about how it can be used to change behavior, but Mm -hmm. is that ultimately a good? I guess I shouldn't say is shame ever useful, but is shame ever good? Mm. Because, you know, for me, and maybe this is just because of the way that, that, that my brain chemistry works or what have you, but shame can be debilitating. Mm-hmm. And it definitely has helped me to, I think, become a person who is more intentional and responsible in my actions and, and empathetic and, and tries to do more good in the world because I, I, I do have that fear of, of feeling shame and things like that. But it also brings a lot of darkness into my mentality. And so to kick it away from myself looking at a character like Harry or Ron or Luna, is shame something we should wish on someone to change their behavior? Hmm. And that's just yeah. something that, that I think is, is, is a big, hard question that I think will be on my mind after this conversation. Totally. And I think, I think that's part of where, for, for myself, I think that shame can, ha- can be positive if it helps you grow and change and be a more loving person or more intentional person but I think it's a negative if it lingers Mm. I think we should feel shame when we do certain things but if if you keep it with you I think that's when it drags you down Mm. well on that uplifting note Before we wrap up, there are a few things that we mentioned through this episode that we will post online and in the show notes of the episode. So if you want to take a look at the article, the fan art that we talked about today, take a look in there and that way you can find them. Show notes, you may be asking yourself. Well, that's because we have a new website. Yay! What? Brittany put together an amazing new website. Oh, I'll lower your expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't make it, so. That's true. (laughs) Certainly. Raise your expectations where it would no be otherwise. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can you can take a look at it. It's got all sorts of information about us. It's got show notes for each of our episodes from now on, and it's going to have all sorts of fun stuff. So you can find and that. We might not have a ton for the show notes, but if there are things that we mention and we're referencing, we'll put actual links to so that if you want to learn more about that, then they'll be there for you. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any friends who are just, you know, don't have a smartphone or super untech savvy all of our episodes your mom essentially (laughs) your mom my my mom eh, probably both of our moms (laughs) (laughs) also your dad definitely my dad yes yes (laughs) the least tech savvy person in the world maybe should not have been gendered your parent (laughs) (laughs) or grandparent uh but then all of our episodes automatically will be posted there as well yeah great thank you very much for, for putting all that together you're welcome. So you can find all that information at bit.ly slash geekcritique. Well, can you bring up what we'll be doing for next week? Absolutely. So next week we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings through the theme of gender. Our first gender one. Our first gender one. How has it been this long until we got gender? It's, it's been on question. the list since the beginning. It has. That's true. What? 
Right, that just so. sounds like a sexist society. That's true. This is a sexist randomizing app I'm using. <laughs> well, gender in Lord of the Rings should be interesting. Yeah. Compelling, even. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We'd also, of course, love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to us, and uh, to tell a friend, because that's always really, really helpful. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Until next week, geek geek out. out!